This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week we're writing letters and driving people to suicide as we watch Spine 227 of the Criterion Collection, Henri-Georges Clouseau's Le Corbeau from 1943. But first, RJ, mm-hmm. how are you doing? You did, you did pretty good on the pronunciations there. Not bad, not bad. I know we're not known for it, but uh, I thought you did an okay job. Uh, I'm doing fine, Jared. Thank you for asking. Uh, I have no new developments. Life is as it has been, so uh, not the most uh, exciting. Uh, uh, how's uh, Animal Crossing? Ooh, Animal Crossing is pretty good, dude. It's pretty fun. Like I don't, we never actually talked about that, but uh, my island is called Dumps. Uh, there is a heavy toilet theme on my island, uh, as I'm sure you can imagine. Have you ever, I don't know if you've seen like on Reddit and, you know, other internet sites, uh, the amount of complexity that people put into their islands and like the amount that they can like change it and uh, design it however they want. Nope. I've never read anything along those lines. I just really found out what the story of the new Animal Crossing is. And it's, uh, it sounds very bizarre. What do you mean, this story? Well, there's like a whole thing about how you are approached by a raccoon. Tom Nook. He's yeah, a tanooki. A, a Nook. You are, mm-hmm. he, he approaches you and he says, hey, you want to go on a vacation? And mm-hmm. you go, do I? And then you wind up on this island and he's like, okay, now you have to pay me back. And you're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What do you mean? If, mm-hmm. I, if you were treating me to this raccoon creature, it's like, nah, nah, you got to pay me now. Oh, shit, that's too bad. Well, now you got to better start farming some turnips or else. Mm. There's an implication, was, which is very strong for a, a Nintendo product. An implication. Well, I don't what know if you know if, this. What happens if you don't get enough money to pay back Nook? And as Tom Nook's loans? Yeah, and like... You know, you have to buy the land to like now become his indentured slave. Uh, this, this seems like a strange game. Well, there's no interest to be accrued in a way that wouldn't affect you negatively. They don't take anything away. But the development is lacking until you can pay off hmm. the principal loan. This is, uh, yeah. So what? What does anything befall Nook? Do you ever get, does Nook ever get his comeuppance? This, well, this the, seems like a quite the thing. Because he, obviously he's going around to other like poor saps and telling mm-hmm. them, hey, you want to go on vacation? And everyone goes, do I? And then they take a plane trip to this island. And then uh, they, uh, they then are forced to uh, farm and harvest turnips that they have to bu- do on land that they have to mm-hmm. buy from Nook. Actually, I'll give you one better. The islanders that move to your island, the villagers, yep. uh, they don't purchase their land. You do. You have to put up the principal 10,000 10, bells so that the plot can be sold and then they can come. You never get that back, Jared. It's an investment to improve the quality of your island by bringing in new people. But, but you're, on, you're basically imprisoned. Yes, you are. Yeah, you can't uh, leave. You can't leave. Well, this is the story of all of them, Jerry. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, there, I, I there has I, been. I didn't realize this. There has been a development, though. There's a secret history of Tom Nook. Some of this is speculative. 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 What am I? Skeptical. Speculative. Some of this is speculative. English. Um, 
there is a secret history of Tom Nook that he is a big uh, donator to uh, a, a local orphanage. And all of his profits go to the orphanage to improve for the orphans. That's so that true. is why that that's is why not, he crowdfunds, yeah. crowdsourcing. This is a, a GoFundMe. Um, wow. Uh, and he gets he relies on community strength to bring people together. Mm. So it's kind of like Jared, you ha- you have gone through the homeowning process. You get the money, and then you pay back the money. That's kind of what it it's in the idea you never really you never really get to see the money though uh no but you can use like you don't have to pay it back all at once and then when you have extra money you can go buy fun stuff like i just bought um uh what was it uh i have a giant godzilla on my island i have a basketball basketball court i definitely have the toilet center um i haven't actually bought any toilets uh because you can get items in balloons and shaking trees so i have a toilet uh, a bidet uh, a squat toilet, a porta potty toilet, um, an automatic toilet. Uh, I'm not really sure what that means. Um, a urinal, uh, toilet cleaning kit. Um, there's a few toilet things, Jared. But if I hadn't found these on the island uh, that were specifically tailored for me, it seems, um, I would have went to the store and bought them from Tom Nook's children, Timmy and Tommy. Now those guys, they'll fleece you, Jared, big time. Friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, asked me because he's like, do you have any guitars? And I was like, I do have a guitar because uh, once you have an item, you can go to the store and buy it for whatever, like as many times as you want uh, after you've gone it once. And he's like, how much is the guitar on your island? And I was like, 5000 And he's like, these Nook boys are really giving me the gears, Jared, because they were trying to ask like 30 grand or something when it was five on mine. So I sent them one in the mail. Hmm. You're stunned. stunned. So, uh, anyways, I was saying a lot of people have pretty intricate uh, island design, but uh, mine is more for fun than prettiness. But yeah, Tom Nook's a—he's a mischievous guy, Jared. He's a tanuki, and actually, I just learned. So, like, the items are all like the leaf with the circle out of it, like their symbol. That's a tanuki thing because that's when you throw it down and it changes into uh, an item. Or something that's like part of Japanese Tanuki folklore or something. Yeah. I know Mario wears a Tanuki suit. I'm thinking three. Yeah. Yep. Little raccoon. Raccoon dogs. That's what I I always thought like in the Dark Tower. Stephen King makes that um, the Billy Bobber, Oi, which is he describes it as like a raccoon dog. I always imagine Tanuki animals. Okay. So, yeah, if anyone wants to visit my island, uh, give me a heads up so that uh, you can know. Um, my turnips were 500, uh, big big ones a while ago, but uh, not anymore. Market cooled. It cooled. Now they're only for like 40 bucks instead of like 500, and I got ass something because of it. What? I'm sorry, was that Skype? Yeah, I was going to say assimilated into the stock market. I, I had nothing else coming out. Uh, but yeah, I really got uh, I got beat up one week because I was waiting and waiting and it never happened. And I, I lost uh, quite a bit of uh, profit. But well, shit. what are you going to do? Well, well what, about, what, do? what about Nook's uh, cut? Uh, I mean, Nook, get, Nook gets a cut of everything, my man. Oh, yeah. Everything. He's pretty so, uh, set up. 
he's well set up. And I mean, some of the other guys are pretty cool. You would like Blathers, the uh, the owl who runs the museum. Uh, he hates bugs, kind of mm. like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else do you got? Uh, Daisy May is like the pig that sells the turnips. She's always got a runny nose. Um, I got some cool islanders. I have a duck named Scoot. Uh, he's my number one villager. I like him the most. He He's a muscle head. There's lots of like muscle head guys, and they always talk about getting flexed and getting swole and like weightlifting. He's pretty wicked. Uh, I got a little bear. He's pretty cool. I got a pig called Rasher Jarrett who wears Hawaiian t-shirts, and he has scars all over his face. Whew. Like he lived a hard life, man. I don't know. He's never told me what, but I gave him a do-rag one time, and he wore it, so that was pretty cool amazing <laughs> i'll send you some pictures i'm oh, sure you'll be please thrilled. please do yeah it's uh it's quite a bit uh it's it's good it's really fun i was um i was looking at like you can see the hours that people play so like i saw my hours i was like oh shit i was like i had no idea i played that much really got my uh money's worth uh friend of the show ryan nagel had like double the hours and i was like holy shit i was like that's a lot George C. Scott Bailey had even more than that. And I was like, holy shit. Big stuff. Big. Huge. Huge. (laughs) Well, I have no video games to talk about, so. Oh, yeah. Anything in normal life or just same? Yeah. Holding the course. Getting Mm -hmm. some some role-playing games on the weekend via Roll20. Yeah. It's a magical time. And sheltering at home as always. Yep. And, uh. Making curries and trying out different things. Made an eggplant curry. With a little bit of chicken. Was the eggplant like processed or was the eggplant like whole and it was curry? It was, or is uh, like mixed it, it, in? It's cubed. It, oh, okay. it, does, it does get cubed and then put into the uh, the curry. It's more of like a curry soup, I would mm. say. I mean, I think eggplant is fine. Yeah. It you could, ever do it, eggplant lasagna? I have not. I've heard about it though. It's not bad. Andrea was a big fan. Yeah, I don't eat vegetables, so. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, well, you want to you wanna hit these emails? Sure. Uh, instead of hitting, you fill in the blank. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. first up, we have an email entitled The Return. Of? Of uh, Rowan. Rowan? See, that's, uh, that's a dude I haven't heard from in a long time. I think... Uh, called him called them out a little bit ago so you did yeah well i'm interested oh you know what i should say before we get into rowan you know because uh we had a lot of people who've emailed in once before and then never again it'd be great to hear from them but also we uh from time to time get messages from people who uh haven't been publicly named on our podcast and if they want to they can email the creeps proper but we see you we hear you and we love you so we appreciate all of the feedback from even people who would remain to be uh, anonymous, I guess I should say. Rowan writes, hello, creeps. <laughs> okay. I thought it was about time I reemerged from the shadows after the call out last week. And yes, I'm still listening along every week. And I just wanted Thanks. to start by saying kudos on being the most consistent and quality podcast for me for the last few years. Every other mm-hmm. one I listened mm-hmm. to either stopped or went to shit. I mean – you can't turn to shit when you're already shit, yeah, when right? You, when you start at the bottom, there's mm-hmm. no, there's nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. 
Well, anyway, I think what RJ was talking about last week when he said that I sent that confusing email a while ago uh, was when I asked about Day of the Jackal when coincidentally Jared had the Arrow video in order. I think mm. RJ was actually talking about another email from this guy named, yep. was it Frank? It, it might have been. It was like, it was really. Some guy uh, named Frank, not our Frank. Not Frank Santoro. It was like a two sentence email and it was like, it was kind of like someone was just talking but like wasn't about and I mean that's cool. I'd like to get more of those. You you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And 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 yeah. he, and he sent us uh like five bucks on Patreon. So I mean that that guy did? Yeah. Oh cool. Yeah. Well, so that, I wonder one, what he's one, up to. One, one time. One time he sent us five bucks and that was it. Mm, and we it's thank, than we no thank him for that. Exactly. Uh-huh. So uh No, I, I don't I didn't think Rowan was confusing, but uh I don't know. I mean I barely listen anyways, so it's true. Mm. But back on topic, I got a mm. couple of questions this week for you guys. Uh, first would be, I was rewatching Videodrome the other night, spoilers, mm-hmm. thinking about how amazing that film truly is. When that mm-hmm. scene came on, Jarrett referenced, uh, referred to it as the cancer bullet scene, and it got me thinking, wow, that was the greatest practical movie effect I've ever seen. What do you guys think? What are your favorite practical effects of all time? Oof. What do you think, boss? Ooh, uh... Yeah, I don't know. There's like there's the showy ones that mm-hmm. you, you often you find in a lot of these uh, '80s horror movies, right? Um, and then on the flip side, there's the ones that are like so like you wouldn't even know that you're looking at a practical effect, and then you go, "Wait a minute, what? That mm-hmm. that was a uh, that was makeup stuff like that." Jeez. Yeah, like I mean, the thing and the fly are the obvious yeah. like peaks. You know, what one eye effect I always thought was like crazy, and we we talked about this. I can't remember. It was like a week or two ago. I think it was zombie movies, but you know that Fulci movie where it's uh, the girls just puking oh, the yeah. intestines City out the, in the sea? City of the Living Dead, I think. I, I think that effect oh. is crazy because it's like, it's just puking forever. All of yeah. these guts. like. But it's yeah. like, when, okay, when you watch it though and you realize that it's like this like fake head that they're just yeah. pushing guts through, it's like, oh. But the first time it's like, it's so revolting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I think it I like it because I think it's great for different reasons, but mm. it's not like the most seamless, I right. guess you could say. Yeah. Where like the like you said, maybe the showy ones are like the fly and the the thing, those are pretty seamless. I think. Or if like they're not seamless, they kind of like they just look so impressive and like unlike mm-hmm. they look better than real life would make it look. Yeah. Cause you, because because it's fake, that you can linger on it in an impossible way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I think horror is like has a lot. It's not even, and it's kind of like what you said. I think there's probably some amazing ones that you don't know are an effect, and that's what makes them probably even better that aren't in horror movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. And like, lastly, what about, oh, what about, uh, I was going to say Martyrs just to piss off Oliver Granger, but. And lastly, based on my favorite films on Letterboxd, what movie would you recommend me watch? Ooh. Uh, do do we have to find this out here? Uh, we could. I have to. I got to look him up on my network because he's on there. Mm. Yes. Same with me, my man. Uh, well, I have millions of followers because I'm such a popular and uh, well appreciated person. It's uh, there it's kind of tough to. Uh, he's got the. Uh, I believe he's got Stanley Kubrick as his mm-hmm. uh, avatar. Avatar. Have you found him? 
Uh, I'll get there. I'll get there. What uh, name those top four for me? Uh, oh, favorite, I found them. favorite film: Shawshank Redemption, Clockwork Orange, Videodrome, Macbeth. Let's go a little bit deeper than that. Okay, I mean those those are all time bangers. I just speaking something funny. I was in an office building today, and uh, in the office there was a framed, hand drawn picture of Morgan Freeman from the Shawshank Redemption. There you go. <laughs> red so i yes and uh i i mean it was a good picture and all but i was like that's such a strange thing to be in an office like like a public office do you know what i mean it wasn't like a person's office yeah um bizarre i mean i would recommend going to find my top 100 films list that i think is still public Mm -hmm. if it is that's because i mean there's a lot of crossover there and i'm sure if there's something on there you haven't seen you should probably watch that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your list is a, a good one to kind of ta- tailor got, around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like these are all the things we talk about all the time. Videodrome, Silence of the Lambs, Paths of Glory with, uh, yeah, well, you, you know, that one guy. My top 100 list apparently only has 99 films on it right now. You chump. That's weird. Uh, What would I say to watch, Jared? Maybe my 100th film is you as i the point as, as i point to the camera yeah the listener well what about um american graffiti by george lucas there you go there's yours yeah that's my pick what's uh i mean i could tell him stuff that he probably knows is really great but maybe he'll like american graffiti i don't know outstanding well, that's mm-hmm. it for now. Perhaps I'll return in a couple of years unless the RJ calls us out again. Take it easy, guys, and keep on creeping. I'll call him out as often, him or them, as often as needed. How's that sound? Okay. Next up is Sam Sanchez. Ooh, baby. The times, they are becoming quite different. <laughs> mm. Hey again, guys. The other day I attended a, an <laughs> online streaming theater event for Shaolin versus Wu-Tang with the RZA <gasps> and Dan Halstead providing hmm. some commentary throughout. Normally, I wouldn't say this would be a good way to watch a movie for the first time and typically it wouldn't be my preferred choice, but it was an interesting experience and it actually didn't work out too bad because a lot of these plots are non-existent and having some of the history of everything explained to you in between fight scenes actually adds a bit to it. So overall, hmm. I enjoyed it. It was $10 a ticket you get emailed a link to the live stream and watch a very high quality cut of the movie as a desi- at a designated time like a standard theater experience so from what i've been hearing recently that tiff and fantasia will likely be doing similar this year while in quarantine i think people would prefer straight up on-demand rentals but i think for a festival type movie still searching for distribution or even special events with either commentaries or maybe live q a's after a live stream is that something you would be interested in going forward or would you still prefer to actually go uh, to the film festival itself or wait for a general theatrical release rather than visiting a website at a given time? Um, well, mm. speaking as someone who's never been to a film festival before and the idea of being able to see movies that way, uh, that sounds way better to me. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, we've mentioned many times, like, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of a homebody guy anyways, and I think people are gross. So uh, anything to get me away from that kind of setting is 
always preferred. Um, and I mean, tuning on at a certain time, it's kind of like the Joe Bob's stuff, right? Like I've been watching those on Fridays and like for us, it's starts at seven ends at midnight. And, uh, it's kind of like there it's, it kind of limits you to what you can do. And it's like a big investment, like to sit down and do that. But I kind of like it because it makes me nostalgic of like TV where you're like, I got to go to the bathroom. It's like, I know I'm going to miss something, but it's happening. And, uh, you know, it, it happens. Uh, so I think like having a set time to turn in, like, especially if it was like some kind of Wu Tang thing, like if Riza Jizza, old dirty bastard, Ghostface Killer, respect to deck, Raekwon, the chef, Jarrett, if those guys were up there and they're like, Hey, we need you to watch with us. I'd be like, sure. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm just thinking about the practicalities of it, though, because it would be tough because as soon as yeah. you put this on a website, it can be ripped. Like, people can just record their oh, screen yeah. and uh, record the whole movie, and then you just hand it to the pirates. And then if when a movie gets screened at, say, at TIFF, Mm-hmm. it's not going to get right. I mean, it getting distributed, it's, its chances are going to drop because it's like, oh, by the time we're going to distribute this, like, you know, several months from now, it'll, uh, it'll have already been making the rounds. But that's happened before, and I don't know if that necessarily makes an impact now because there was the one bit of news uh, we haven't even talked about, I don't think, uh, that Universal Pictures is talking mm-hmm. about, like, just putting everything out us uh, day on demand, day of release, mm-hmm. it's all going to be the same. And how AMC theaters and Rialto theater chains, they're just going to be like, well, we're not going to carry Universal movies anymore. Checkmate. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, but what if everyone else does the same thing and theaters just go away? Because they won't be able to survive. Mm-hmm. They'll get revitalized and day down. Because I think people do have some nostalgia for the theatrical experience. Yeah. But, but, yeah, I don't know what the practicalities of that are in the near future and whether or not these businesses can actually survive, like, mm-hmm. you know, two years of no revenue at least. Yeah. Or, or well, I, well, we'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, and even thinking about, like, movie production, it's like, is that going to kick back up? So that there are can be more movies to be released, or is that just going to be paused? Because it, I don't, I don't know. But I, I remember like even like a year or two ago when uh, a company was making movies available like a month after release on demand, and it didn't happen with a lot of movies. But like there was a company trying it out. Maybe it was Universal. Maybe it was something else. So I was like, I think it makes it makes sense for that aspect and then i think like right now would be is a perfect time to test it because it's kind of like what you said fears of uh people like ripping it immediately and then putting it out there so it's like these companies that did put out movies like the invisible man or the way home starring ben affleck which i'm gonna watch pretty soon i hope uh it's like i wonder how that affected it because it's like so it's out there now it's available on demand it's like of course sales probably won't be as big as if it was released but it's like how much do they anticipate was lost because of people pirating right. i don't know yeah and, and yeah well, i was gonna say like uh, following up on your point about the uh when do movie productions actually start up again that's yeah. like that's big because uh mm-hmm. like for i was just thinking like okay so robert pattison was trending or something like that yesterday batman was trending and right. i was just like huh and then I just thought of it now. I'm like, so on a movie set, like, so you have all this insurance on these things and you have to insure your stars and all these things mm-hmm. in case things fall through. It's like, well, what if you're filming? And like, oh, Robert Pattinson got COVID. And it's like, mm-hmm. do, you, do you have to put everything on hold for two weeks? 
mm-hmm. or will you have some people who are like, who will tough it out and, mm-hmm. or, and then spread it to the entire crew, potentially their makeup person, uh, all, all these elements, the director gets it and suddenly you're like, Oh, Hey, that movie's not happening anytime soon. And, yeah. and then, and that's every single movie production crew. Um, yeah. That unless until there's like a way for like a, I guess I saw like serology tests are going to start rolling out here in mm-hmm. Canada, which would be helpful, I guess. But we don't even understand very much about uh, this virus, so that could mean mm-hmm. nothing at all. Uh, and or we just yeah. uh, wind up going back to where we were in the first place and be like, oh yeah, we don't care who dies. And that, which I, I think there's a lot of people who sadly. Uh, are of that mind. They're like, get those, yep. movie, get those movies going. Yeah. And I think that's like the kind of thing too. It's like, Hey, I understand like the love of the theaters and the cinema. Like I like, I love going to see movies at the theater too. I don't like going to the being around other people. That's the thing that I find off putting. And that's why I like what they're doing now, but it's like, I get it. And I understand like, there's all these things people wish they can do. And it's like, I know it's just, but what are you going to do? Right, sure. It's like this is this is just how it is, and it's like I don't know, I don't know what like. How, there's nothing we can change, right? I'd like I'd like to go to like a public park and like hang out, but it's, it's not happening. So what are you gonna do, right? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a weird thing. Also, just wanted to say glad oh. RJ enjoyed the final three episodes of Cursed Films, as I definitely uh, think yep. they're easily the strongest of the bunch. Yeah. Take care, guys, and I might be heading back to work next week for one week, hopefully just one week, as I got called in to cover for someone. So Corman viewing might slow down a bit for a week. Ah, oh, man. Well, uh, I'd say firstly, stay safe out there, Sam Sanchez, because we, uh, we're counting on you, bud. Uh, as one of the premier Patreon guests, uh, I think that uh, the world would be denied if you weren't able to come back because you got sick. So stay safe. Also, yeah, Curse Film's good good stuff and then uh wait what did he say oh cormay oh he's way ahead of us all, already so i don't think there's gonna be any issue there well, he, well he's, no he's, he's filling in the gaps he's filling in the gaps yeah so he, maybe he would be a great uh person to just do this he can do it instead of either of us yeah just to do it on your own sam <laughs> you know I, I i noticed his watching i was like he's watching pretty much as as many as i am if not more i think um, he's jumped up a lot though. He's not watching yeah. everything. I am, where am I at? I am at, so, Sea Gods of Shark Reef. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, well, we can talk about that when we get to it. Uh, I, I have seen 25 of 55, but I, semi-chronological order, there's a few I skipped. Right. Yeah, just because I didn't have them, you know? I was like, right. whatever, I'll just keep moving. Well, I think I've like I'm at a total like all time thirty of fifty five, mm-hmm. but there's there's a few like a few of those I've seen previous, and I'll be some I'm not going to rewatch, some I will. Mm-hmm. I'm get, I'm I'm trucking along. Yeah, you're you're getting there. We still got seventeen days. Seventeen days, baby. You're still getting there. I have a I'm at Tales of Terror, uh, and I think I counted the other day, and I think I have like fifteen or seventeen left. Yeah, I think that, that I actually have and can watch. I'm 10 away before I get to Tales of Terror. Yeah, which is fine because I'll I'll do a big rip down to what I'm available to get to. There's a few that I I, I just don't have, can't find, like Desaad, which is fine. I don't yeah, need to see that movie. Need, no. 
uh like you know what i mean you know what i mean Jerry? i don't think i have the young racers either and it's like well i can i could hook you up baby all right hook well up, i guess hook, i'll watch hook, that hook, one hook up with atlas uh <laughs> i do actually want to watch i'll watch atlas instead of you how's that sound if you give it to me okay you can skip it unless you unless you're interested and want to watch it yourself oh i have to, I, have, I feel like uh, uh, obliged mm-hmm. okay and finally Ooh. justin peterson oh baby uh, bogey travel and recommendations. Mm. Hey, Jared and RJ, what's happening? I'm having a bit of writer's block at the moment, so let's jump right into some questions. Okay. Goat movie question of the week. What is your greatest of all time Humphrey Bogart movie? That one that uh, sounds strange in. I know you're thinking Jimmy Stewart, but there's a hump. With Fred C. Dobbs? <laughs> Yeah, what, what was that one Tre- again? Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Not that. No, he's good in that. Uh, I know. Is that your favorite of his? I'd say it's my favorite movie of his. It's because also one, yeah. of my, one of my favorite movies. But uh, it's pretty good. Pretty good. So yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. Well, I mean, Jared, this might trouble you, but I've only seen three Bogey movies: <sighs> Casablanca, The Maltese Falcon. And the treasure of Sierra Madre. I've seen a lot of people doing Humphrey Bogart impressions. Oof, yeah, you have. Let's see. So, how many have I seen? I've seen 14. Oh, well, see, that's less than I would have thought. I would have thought you had had like 50 just because I'm a grandpa. A, yeah. Uh, of his movies. Yeah. I see here. Whoa. Oh, they still have that poster. Dark Passage, three and a half. And the Lonely Place is pretty good. I don't know that. It's a. Fu- it's a fu- take your word it's for a fu- it. It's a future creep. Doubtful. Oh, I own Sabrina. Oh yeah. Because yeah, my boy Billy Wilder. I'll. Uh, I could watch that. I'm not going to, but I could. I've not seen many of them, but I would have to go with Treasure Sierra Madre. There you go. There you go. Well, I mean, I think that's me too, just out of... Now, I'm curious. What's the h- highest rated I haven't seen? Or most popular I haven't seen? And I have not seen Sabrina. And I also, I do own To Have and Have Not. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of movies he's in that I've never seen that I would probably watch at some point in my life. Come on, The Barefoot Contessa, Dark Victory, The Cane Ooh. Mutiny, The Petrified Forest, They Drive By Night, which I also own because it's also a future hmm. criterion oh and black legion where he fo- he's taking on the clan or something mm. that sounds cool not bad not bad um next question i know producing the best criterion podcast ever does not afford you all much mm-hmm. travel time but if you could fly anywhere in north america once the quarantine was over where would you go the mm. furthest west i have ever been is denver so i would go to las vegas for the first time Vegas is pretty fun. I mean, it depends on what you're interested in. There's something for everyone. But uh, I'd say if you're not into drinking, gambling, partying, like you'd still have fun, like going to the beach, going to shows and stuff. But there's so many people there who are into that. It depends on like if that uh, the if beach. that bothers you. No, uh, I meant poolside. Okay. Poolside, Jared. Poolside. You can hang out by the pools, drinking virgin daiquiris, and then go to like Jerry Seinfeld in the evening. And like, if that's what, that's an awesome day too. But uh, I just mean, there's so many people who are there just to drink and party that if you're, um, 
they can be a little bit overpowering. That's that was my uh, feeling of Vegas the few times that I've been. Uh, I don't know if you would enjoy it, um, but uh, I don't know. I don't know you at all. Uh, I, there's a uh, the decadence. I think would uh, mm. turn me off. I I I would definitely probably fall more into the. Uh, the urban side of things, I guess I'd be wanting to hit those big cities. I, I really like Chicago. Um, so mm-hmm. I mean, New York obviously would be there. Um, mm-hmm. probably Seattle, Los Angeles actually would be, I think it'd be really, uh, interesting to go to LA. Mm-hmm. You know, where I would definitely not go Florida. Right. I agree with you. I, agree I, with I, you I, I, I never want to go to Florida. I, I would go to Texas. Like I'd go anywhere mm-hmm. in Texas. Um, actually, I think driving through like places like Louisiana and stuff like that would be interesting. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Basically, the Midwest would bore the fuck out of me because I literally, I guess we live in the Midwest. Yeah. So it would just be more of the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so much similar to us where even like once – when you drive south of us and you get into Montana and Wyoming, it's very, very similar. Like they don't really have destinations that anyone would be going to visit anyways. But like I've driven through them a bunch and it's kind of like this is like us, but watered down. <laughs> it's not pure. <laughs> it's not pure. Um, uh, I think uh, you said you're interested in Seattle. It's That's one of my absolute favorite places because my dad took us there when we were younger, go to baseball games and stuff like that. Seattle's a wicked place. I'd yeah. go there any day of the week. Yeah, I love go, that. Yeah, I'd go to Seattle, uh, Portland, like any of like the, yep. uh, basically anywhere along the coast. Water's pretty good, but again, no Florida. No. Well, if you go to Portland, you could see uh, Actium Jackson Maximus. Oh, yeah. Fr- friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, was there uh, a year ago, and he saw a really cool VHS store uh, and, like, videos and movies and stuff like that. My answer, Jarrett, in case you were wondering, uh, I've always really wanted to go to Maine, see Boston, do a loop, go see Stephen King, come on back, get a little clam bake. You know, just looks nice. Or for a little bit of Canadian stuff, maybe I would go to Eastern Canada, to Nova Scotia and Newfoundland, and eat some rock lobster. Yeah. That would be the the best place to go for it. Hang out near one of those like lighthouses that don't exist, like in that movie. With Willem Dafoe? Mm-hmm. I have a lighthouse on my Animal Crossing island. Ooh. How's that sound? Just the next ass. Where would you oh. travel if you could pick anywhere in the world? I would either go to the next con film festival, Vienna, Austria, or Tokyo, Japan. For a film festival? Just, I guess, to go, I think. Oh, okay. Sorry for, I spaced out for a second. I was like, a film festival in Tokyo? And, and I'm sure they have them. I know, uh, I was, uh, like I said, sometimes people reach out to us outside of the podcast. I know uh, that big sugary bastard, Reese Haxtell, he's been to Japan. Because uh, as I was talking about those Japanese pancakes, uh, he kind of did me a solid and DM'd me uh, some recipes if I want to attempt to make these uh, big jiggly bastards at home. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I got the gumption, but uh, maybe I'll try. You should. You've got nothing but time. Well, the only thing is a couple of the recipes uh, needed a rice cooker, and I don't have a rice cooker. So I was like, uh, like, I'll find one without a rice cooker thing because it's like, I don't know. It was a very complicated thing. But we cook rice in a pot on our stove. Yeah. What about you? Same. Okay. It's a, it's a luxury item, I, I think, maybe. But uh, I, apparently it makes super squishy, fluffy pancakes. Hmm. Uh, I'll, so I'll send those your way. Where, where would you go? I, I, I'm all for Japan. Sorry, what were the other options again? Well, anywhere. <laughs> he just named it. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Oh, in the world, you mean? Yeah. Oh, well, shit. Uh, I've been to South America and China already. And well, those he's are asking cool. where you would go. Yeah. His next question is where you have traveled. So you're jumping the gun there. Okay. Where would I go? I've always really wanted to go to um, Ireland. Ireland. Well, don't ask me why, but I've always really wanted to go there. So that's my answer. Or hungry to uh, get some cabbage rolls and some goulash. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've got uh, I have a place to stay in Ireland, apparently. Well, you and me have places to stay all over the world now because of the global success of yeah. the Criterion Creeps podcast, Jerry. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm already, as soon as the world opens up, uh, we're flying down to stay with Oliver Granger. We're going to get drunk and uh, be aggressive to his family members. <laughs> Not his kids or anything, but like, well, I'll start like calling his parents and his cousins and, you know, just really make it unpleasant for him and anyone that uh, he's ever known. And he's going to regret it. I'm sure there's a place to sleep in Costa Rica. Yeah, there's one there. Uh, I think Justin Peterson, I'm sure he would take us in if we wanted. Sam Sanchez, I know he'd, uh, we could go to his place for some ceviche. Uh, I mean, George Hoshminer's got some kind of Lithuanian delicacy. I'm not sure what it would be. Uh, I don't know where Rowan lives. Uh, Actium Australia. Jackson. Has he said or have Aust- they said that before? Well, it's Australia, according to his letterbox. Oh, well, shit. So we can we can double down, go to Australia, and then New Zealand. Mm-hmm. See them both. Uh, I don't want to forget anyone this time. We can go see George Scott C. Bailey, and I'm guessing Yellowknife is where he lives. Uh, Jackson Max, Maxim Jacksimus uh, is a new name I created. We could go see him. Uh, see, I'm forgetting people again. Yeah, watch out, folks. I mean, Rupa Granger is going to be there when I see her. Uh, who else is in this showdown? Email us if I can stay at your place and tell me how you're going to cater to my needs. Mm-hmm. That sounds is my... there. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, they also have to pay for it, so it's a Patreon goal. You know, I I would say that I think Russia would be an interesting place to uh, sure, check out, sure. but uh, I think you have to like hand over your passport. <laughs> While you're oh, that's there, scary. that is uh, has some scariness to it. Also, uh, if Mexico didn't sound so goddamn dangerous, uh, I, I whoa, I, uh, hey, <laughs> you read the newspaper? It's like Canadian tourists die there all the time, <laughs> especially I mean, this, at the, at the, especially at resorts. <laughs> I, I think this guy's seen Sicario, his favorite movie, a little too much. Actually, though, the resort thing, and like I know the fact that like I know someone that like actually was kidnapped and that they they, when the police told them oh yeah you know the the same people they were killing the people they were kidnapping last week you got lucky and it's like ah good like fuck no i i wish because like i would love to go to the country but Mm -hmm. uh alas i don't know it doesn't seem like a fun time i mean we and and, and i I don't speak the language which uh is uh, an added uh obstacle yeah, uh, I agree. Maybe we could get GDT to take us on a tour of uh, somewhere in Mexico. Yeah, right? Guillermo? Yeah, I mean, I think he knows the safe places. And if not, we could get uh, Josh Brolin to help us out. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Warren Oates. Warren Oates? Uh, I think that's a more of an aggressive mission. But uh, yeah, I've actually never been to Mexico either. And like people... so. 
this is gonna be weird for people Mexico. not from not from here but it's it's a very popular destination for everyone who lives in our city like you, you can get your stomach stapled down there lose some weight oh sure get some cheap dental work done yeah uh, a lot of people go down for dental work uh there's a lot of people here who go to like uh like taiwan and stuff for like plastic surgery too well i've heard about that one i i know of one they went and got liposuction over there hmm. you know yeah I've heard about yeah I know uh, I know of a person that did go to uh, Mexico for the stomach removal process. I don't know if that removal. Yeah, to get a smaller, like they took the whole thing just well, well they got a smaller version. Oh, I've heard of like that pinching thing, and then they can just have like a glass of water and a cracker, and they're like, "Oh man, I'm stuffed. I'm finally living life to the fullest." <laughs> I, I mean, so here's the thing: if that makes you happy. Cool. I I would never I would never shit on anything that makes people happy. But I love eating food to the point where I've mentioned a few times. Sometimes I eat so much I throw up because I, I like <laughs> I do it a little too hard. But you know what? I'm not gonna stop. If I want an entire large pizza to myself, even if I'm gonna throw up, I'm gonna eat it. I'm gonna eat it. Yeah. My parents went to Mexico and they came back all right. Were they kidnapped? They were not. And I know uh, other no. people have like houses down there and they they're they're fine but i don't well, know i mean nowhere the, the, My... the, the uh the media has uh, put the scare in me mm, sensationalist uh, oh, very, very very sensationalistic yeah. well i mean you can get that or i uh i mean what about tropical storms that's also a uh I, that's why I live, very that's why rest. that's why i live in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my dad went to jamaica a couple years ago and uh he loved it, but then when he came home, uh, I think Jamaica, there was like hurricanes all over and stuff like that. And he was like, ooh, dodge that one. You know what I mean? Fern? Uh, Justin continues, finally, oh, where's right. the most exotic place you have traveled? During my college study abroad in Sweden, I got the chance to travel to Moscow, Russia, which was great since I'm a ooh. big fan of Russian history. Well, there you go. Cool. Cool. You must be a big Alexander Nevsky fan, Justin big, Peterson. Big Russia boy. Big big Russia boy, Justin Peterson. Uh, I mean, I've been to China a couple times, and then I went to couple Argentina. Times. Yeah, I've been twice. So that is the definition of a couple, I yeah. believe, right? Yes. First, I had to think for a second. I was like, have I been well, there more? I, no. I, a couple is two, a few is yeah. three, and several is four and up. What's what's a shit-ass ton? Uh, five. Oh, okay, good. Uh, yeah, I've been twice. Um it was cool. Uh, it's there's lots of good, lots of bad. That's a story for a different day. Um, and then I've been to Argentina too, and that was pretty cool. But it wasn't very exciting because it was honestly like um, I th- I felt it was really close to like Western North American culture, where like the food, the like some of the lifestyle, they're on the same parallel like latitude as we are. So a lot of the weather was and like climate was as well, and. Um, what I mean by like food and stuff like that is like the food is all like Argentina is a lot of like German and like European like immigrant settlers is what I was been led to understand. So a lot of the food was just like pasta and like fries. And I was like, that's cool. I like that stuff. But I was like, for some reason when I went, I was like, I was thinking Brazil and I was like, oh, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be Carnival, Jarrett. But it wasn't just a lot of fries. And I haven't been anywhere. <laughs> Very true. What's the farthest you've been from home? Chicago? Uh, that, that or Toronto. Toronto. Toronto's pretty far from here. No. I've been in the airport there once. Yeah. 
Do you never been to Tirana? No, I haven't been to T dot as the kids call it. Uh, I did spend two hours in the airport one time. What is something that people recommend that you watch all the time that you have no interest in? Apparently, I picked the worst period of time to become an avid film watcher since all people ever mm. talk about these days is watching TV series. I'm sure I would enjoy watching Stranger Things, Game of Thrones, mm. and Chernobyl, but with them being considered TV shows instead of movies, my one-track mind has little interest in watching them. Plus, they feel like such a big-time commitment compared to a two-hour movie. Mm. Well, Chernobyl is vloggable on Letterboxd, and it's only... It's hours. better than either any of the other ones. Yeah, Chernobyl's a good a good investment of five hours, mm-hmm. and it, it, and you get letterbox points for it. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters, dude. That's all that matters. Uh, yeah, I mean, fuck, all the basically all TV most TV shows I have no interest in. Like for how many they produce, it's just like movies. Um, I don't know. Like, oh, but, was it TV shows? He said that that you're not interested in or movies that you're not interested what in? What is something that people recommend that you watch all the, that mm. you watch all the time that you have no interest in? I don't know. I, I'm everything a, for you. There's a lot of things that, I mean, people probably mentioned, mm-hmm. but actually I don't know if I, I don't really get a lot of movie recommendations. Do you think people gave up and the ones on I you? Do, actually, the ones I do are TV. So I kind of agree with that. Mm. And I don't know. Yeah. It, for me, it's just the time commitment. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you can watch 55 Roger Corman movies, um, mm-hmm. like, you know, shark reefs and she and gods of shark reefs, swamp, swamp women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why would you need anything else? Why would you need anything else? Uh, I mean, I have lots of stuff like that, that like, I mean, anytime people recommend Denny Villeneuve, Ari Aster, anything uh i would say though the one that sticks out to me like forever is there there's this guy i was friends with and he always recommended hunger he's like you gotta watch hunger and i was like i don't i'm not interested in it he's like you gotta watch hunger and to the point where it'd be like some nights it'd be like what are you doing tonight i'd be like nothing i was like i I was out like that was when i was an undergrad i was like i'm gonna do some homework and then i'm just gonna watch some tv and he's like we'll watch hunger instead i was like i don't feel like watching hunger after like 10 hours of like doing homework, you know, I was like, it's not what I want to get. I was like, I want something mindless. And there was, and he, he would always get like really mad at me. And I was like, what? I was like, why? I was like, what do you, what, what do you give a shit? Like, I don't care about hunger. Uh, so I, I avoided it for 15 years. I don't think it's even that old, but uh, I've avoided it for, I avoided it forever. And then I think I watched it finally, like I, like two years ago and I was like, it's fine. It's, but it's fine. Whatever. I don't care. I think, oh boy, what would fall into that for me? I'm just looking over like the decades of movies. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, huh, Deadpool. People annoyed the uh-huh. People were like, you got to watch Deadpool. It's so funny. I think even you'll like it. I go, no. No. Okay. No, I won't. No, I won't. I'll, I'll, that's just not possible. I guess I'm only looking at the movies I haven't seen, though. Damn. Very limiting. Um, I mean, I think uh, friends of the show have pointed out to us countless times that uh, we don't like anything new, and there's lots of people that we hate on just to do it for for fun, like Denny Villeneuve and Ari Aster. Well, I actually like Denny Villeneuve's movies. You do most of them. Yeah, yeah, I do like them, and I think you actually enjoy a good chunk of his movies also. Yeah, he's like, I just, I don't really like where his uh, career has gone. I don't really like yeah. the, I don't like the stuff he's doing. Yeah, that's all it is. But I mean, Ari Aster, I'm, I haven't mixed. Got, I got anything out of his movies yet. So, uh, 
Justin continues, let's turn to the other side now. What are recommendations that you love getting that will shoot up your priority list? <laughs> uh, would, the, mm. would the answer for this question be alien movies for RJ? And in that case, I'm surprised to see that he has not seen James Cameron's The Abyss. Do you have any uh, memories of this one, Jarrett? And should Jarrett check it out? Thanks for the time, guys, and have a great show. Uh, is this true, RJ? You have not seen The Abyss. It's true. Uh, I am a big alien guy. I'll watch any alien movie recommended to me. And uh, I am aware of this oversight. Um, and it's kind of one of those things. It's like, I'll get to it. I know it's out there. And uh, I'm just waiting for the right time. I sure. My memories of The Abyss. The Abyss. I, I have no, like. There's like two different versions of this movie. I have no mm. idea which is the last one I watched. I've seen it. I think twice in my life. Way back when my um, my uncle Gordy had like all of the like kind of uh, the big '80s movie staples on VHS that he taped off a of Super Channel, and mm-hmm. The Abyss was amongst those things. I remember watching The Abyss that way, and I think that might have been the theatrical version at the time. And then the last time I watched it, um, yeah, I still thought it was a pretty good movie. Uh, mm-hmm. but I don't know. That was probably like 1999. The last time I saw the abyss. I'm more interested in, uh, what did you say? Uncle Richie? What? You said you what? were at your uncle Richie's house. Uncle Gordy. Yeah. Uncle Gordy. I am more interested in this uncle Gordy character yeah. and I want to know why it hasn't been brought up before. I Cause it sounds like they had a, a ton of movies that they gave uh, to you. Well, uh, he at one point he like was recording stuff constantly off of uh, Super Channel, and he'd he'd mm. write he'd write it down on like the whatever Memorex tapes and mm-hmm. like write in hand like you know that's how I had my uh, my copy of UHF for many years until I finally mm. got a DVD of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like that. What's there? To, what's more to be said? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. But anyway, I think actually when I watched The Abyss last time, I might have even teared up a little bit. Because <gasps> it uh, moved you? It moved me. Wow. Wow. You, Jared Duncan? I. You, the bad man? Hey, RJ. That's Why? it for emails. Okay. Um, but there is there's a uh, a review that, no. uh, that I came across recently that, oh, I thought, no. that I thought I would share. Okay. From What's, what is it of? Of our podcast. Okay. Okay. So at first I see five stars and I'm like, oh, cool. I don't know who this individual is. And then Mm -hmm. then it reads, awful. One of the worst podcasts I've ever heard. Judy Mm. Bagwell on a pole level stupidity. Do you you understand that reference? Uh, I'm assuming it's some kind of British show, Uh, comedy show. Wrestling. WCW wrestling. The two hetero Canadian... Sissy baby hosts casually joke about hating female filmmakers and seem to only be able to appreciate basic entry-level cinema. They should stick Mm -hmm. to Back to the Future, Karate Kid, Alvin and the Chipmunks, and Avatar. But even those might be too intellectually stimulating for them to handle. To be Mm -hmm. brutally honest, the creeps would be much better off reviewing episodes of Sesame Street instead of Masterpieces by Michelangelo Antioni and Agnes Varda. Minus five stars, which is another wrestling reference. I um. So is this satire, RJ? I don't. I I don't. I honestly don't know. I mean, they gave the review or the podcast five stars, so it just 
it just helps us. Right. Doesn't matter that the review is bad. It, it still gets logged under a five star so, so review. This, right? this review is from like August of last year. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, dude. I, I can't tell if it is or not. I mean, I think when I really get stuff like this, I feel like a lot of the people's comments are pretty superficial. Like they they attack us for being superficial in our interpretations of movies. But it's like I wonder if. I mean, if you don't like it, don't listen to like 10 episodes. But I feel like once someone actually would listen to more than one, they'd be like, oh, this some of these things are a joke or maybe it's real. But, hey, why don't you laugh about it and shut up and stop being a little wiener? Uh, those Agnes Varda fans, man, they're uh, they're getting up there with some of the most aggressive fans uh, and Maventura fans. And guess what? He, uh, old Agnes Varda has got a collection coming out. I saw I saw that. And it's like, I mean, I thought her, I thought Agnes Varda's movies were fine. It's just I didn't love them. Is that I think that's the biggest thing. Anytime someone says something negative, they're like, they are. Uh, assaulted this masterpiece movie that is my absolute favorite. <laughs> well, what, uh, did, did, the they, do they talk in that voice too? I imagine they all do. Every one of them. It's just an absolute masterpiece. <laughs> uh, and it's it's like a lot of the time, it's not even, we don't even shit on the movie. We're just like, ah, it's whatever. And then they're like, well, they just don't understand. They don't, they don't understand cinema. Entry level. <laughs> Anyways, it, it, I, I, I do. future I, again. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. so you were gonna say something about entry levels entry levels entry levels yeah so anyway i feel like it's a it might be a piece of uh there's too many wrestling references for me to okay. be like wait a minute well if that's the case i uh i hope they're still listening and it's a great piece of satire my anger is at those real comments out there this one could be real i don't know but those real ones are people uh, – any I mean even, hey, the Back to the Future thing. Maybe that's a that's a snide wink at uh, infamous haters out there of ours. Indeed. I don't know. Indeed. Yeah. Well, I guess we thought I'd share that. <laughs> it's not bad. Not bad. RJ, what have you been creeping on this week? Fuck. I don't know, dude. What do you want me to talk about? I don't know. How's the uh, next generation treating you? It's high class, my friend. Uh, so, like, I know that you were kind of saying that um, there's bits of TNG that you're not a fan of, like certain things that they do, something like that. I think you said. Uh, I found it very slow, compared yep. to, even compared to uh, ne- like original series. I found mm-hmm. like relatively well paced compared to it. Well, I mean, original series like the motion picture are boring intentionally and slow. Is a thing I said once. Uh, so I um I I, I do kind of see what you mean. I haven't had the like I've I haven't thought that, but I think it's it's one of those things where because I, I had someone ask me they saw I was doing this and they're like, can I just jump in to TNG and not do original series? And it's like you can, but I actually think part of the reason like I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's like my comfort food now. Like I, I'll watch one or two a night, like right before I go to bed, just to just to relax because it's like, I know what I'm going, I'm getting into. It's awesome to have like this long show that I can just click on and turn off with instead of watching something like hunger. TNG is a perfect example of what to watch instead of hunger. Um, but so they're like, can I just jump into it? And it's like, you can, but I actually think one of the reasons I 
I'm getting a lot out of like TNG even is because I, I did the whole gamut. And uh, I, I won't say that like going through original series didn't have some dips, mm-hmm. like especially in, in episode quality, but also just in like my interest. Like every time you hit like a bad episode, you're like, ugh. And I was kind of like, do I do I want to keep going? Do I want to push through this? Because it's such like an investment. But I'm glad I did because now that I'm in TNG, even some of the TNG episodes that are like, it's like, yeah, that wasn't that great. It's like, I'm still on board for the ride. I'm here. I'm here. So uh, TNG is wicked. I have finished season one, Jarrett, and I am on season two. And I thought last week when you were talking about that conspiracy, I thought you were talking about first season of DS9. So I was like, I was like, dude, I'm like fucking years away from that. Why would I be talking I, about DS9 in that much detail? Well, because we were talking about DS9, and then you're like, oh, well, you got Conspiracy. That's first season. And I thought you meant first season in DS9. Oh, and so I was no, like, no, no, that's no. why I was like, I got seven seasons of TNG before I even get to DS9. No. So uh, I, I, I'll say Conspiracy is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking good. And it's like uh, it's the only episode that's like that. Because that episode had complaints, I think. Because it's just so violent. Oh, I was uh, amazed at the way the episode ends. The level of graphic <laughs> gore yeah. that came out. I was like, holy shit. Like, I was genuinely surprised. I was like, I've never seen that in Star Wars. Or Star Wars. Wow. Star Trek. Wow. 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 Real real simp over here. I, I've never <laughs> seen that in Star Trek. Well, that's the, that's the first time I've ever heard someone verbalize simp. Simp? Well, I mean, I, I see it on the internet all the time, so yeah, I thought I I'd know. throw it down. Does it slap? Uh, some things do slap, Jared. Some things do slap. Did you know that? So I, I saw this tweet once. I thought it was really funny. Someone was like, uh, I don't remember who it was, but they're like, the they're like the Our Father is the oldest song in the world, and it doesn't even remotely slap. And I was like, I get it, because I'm a good Catholic boy, and I think it's funny. Uh, anyways, conspiracy. Yeah, I was like stunned at the amount of graphic uh violence and gore at the end like a, a body explodes and you see the inside of it and you're just like holy shit yeah i also like that it's a character that was like 10 episodes before just like universally despised like you're watching the show and you're like i hate this fucking guy it's like he's coming d- d- after d- dexter remick yeah they're, yeah they're like he's coming after picard he's bullying Riker. it's like what a piece of shit and then like i love that they brought him back to uh to be in this episode because i was like oh so satisfying um that the whole episode is wicked like the setup uh there's a there's like the scene when picard first beams down to meet with the other captains and they won't tell him what it is and he's just like up on the the platform and it's like red lights coming down i was like oh my god i was like this is some of the finest cinema i've seen in like weeks better than criterion movies i think so uh conspiracy is awesome awesome you do get wharf uh wharf gets into a couple fights in this one Ooh. so uh, like i mentioned uh because uh, oliver granger tried to help me out he was like i'm trying to think of times when Worf fucks some people up uh <laughs> <laughs> i i it's it's all i want man but i'm also realizing so i watched uh I think it was episode or it's the next one though, season ender, the neutral zone one where, oh, um, yeah. which was actually, I actually like that one too. Uh, Worf, well, I think you, you get some more Worf in that one. Yeah. 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 Cause that's, cause that's not the first appearance of the Romulans in the next generation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the Romulans come back and, uh, that's the way it ends. It's like, we're back. 
And then because uh, right. it's like the big thing, they get they get talked about a lot, and you can tell Worf is just like seething, and you're like, oh shit. That episode's kind of funny because they find those like cryogenically frozen guys, and uh, the guy who just has like the complete like gall he's like i spent a lot of money he's like i'm gonna go talk to picard (laughs) and he's just like walking through the ship you're like what is going on here um that one's pretty good i will say though that the episode that like totally surprised me and i'm gonna stop looking at um i never read what the episodes were about but i would look at like uh i just skimmed through the imdb readings to see like if there was like any that stood out because like if ever I'm going to watch one with Andrea, I was like, oh, I'll pick out a good one. But there was an episode that just has like a six star rating and I thought it was one of the best ones I've seen so far. It was so it's called Skin of Evil. Oh, geez. Right? What? That's only, yeah. got, that's only got a six out of ten. It's got six point nine. What? So, like, so it's really so, like, low compared to yeah. the other. What? I was just skimming. I was like, 6. oh, 9. man. So See, I, I, I don't I, trust I, it at all now. Well, because I, I, uh. Yeah, because I didn't want to talk about that episode because I was like, probably, I yeah. was pretty sure I'm like, he probably has no idea that Tasha Yar is going to die. Yeah. Well, you, so last week you did say you're like, there's another one in there too that's really good. And I was like, I'll see what it is. But like, that's what I mean. I was skimming ratings. So it's like 6.9. I was like, it's probably just a regular episode. Uh, so like, you get the Tasha Yar stuff. I was like, holy shit. I was like, that's pretty sick. But I loved the villain in that yeah. episode. Yeah, it that, was like a real Stephen King like oil monster yeah, Ar- like coming out of the lake. Yeah, Armus is awesome. Ugh. Does he come back? No, you never see oh. Armus ever again. Oh, he was wicked. Um, no, yeah, like, the does, way he does, looks. Does he, does he know at the end? Oh yeah, I think he does. But actually, that's a great practical effect, Jared. Yeah, like when it's the like the bodied version coming out of the pit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't trust the IMDb ratings. At all, I'm not even going to bother looking at him anymore. Um, like I, I remember because I think I looked to see where like the low point was, and I think in season two there's an episode that's like three stars or something oh, like that. Yeah, well, so it might, it might even be the last episode. Uh, it is because that yeah. is the episode that comes because there's the writer strike that happens, mm-hmm. and so they have to like just like they just dump that episode out. It's like I think it's Jonathan Frakes. Oh yeah, it's a Riker episode. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, okay. yeah, that that episode is not so good. I, I can't so, remember the title of it, but I think it is like universally the worst episode. I think of Next Generation, maybe, right. or or there's like the one episode that aired on my birthday. It's a Beverly Crusher episode. Oh, oh. so bad. I uh, Bev Crusher Crusher just left oh, the Enterprise, right? And uh, oh, I forgot to mention we have the introduction of one of my favorite actresses, Miss Whoopi Goldberg. He's oh, yeah. made her appearance on the show. And I was like, whoopee! I, like, before I saw her, it showed in the cr- credits as, like, introducing this, or as, like, Whoopi Goldberg. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, I'm on board. Because I heard recently they're trying to get Whoopi to go on that Picard show. Of course they are. And I was like, sounds good to me, man. So yeah. Picard just sounds like TNG extended, where it's, it sounds like there's a lot of TNG people in it, but then they got some favorites from other series, like that, uh, Seven of Nine from um whatever I don't I don't even know is Voyager that she was in I don't know who knows well, you know I'm just reading I think I'm wrong on the thing about that last episode I think I think they might have run out of money so it's a clip show oh is that what it is yeah oh yeah so I, I mean I could see why that'd be I would just I'll I'll probably watch it <laughs> I was gonna say I would just skip it if it's a clip show but I know I won't I'll just watch it anyways uh so whatever. But that's what I mean. I uh, 
there there is a lot of good ones. Uh, Conspiracy and Skin of Evil are the big highlights. And I, I just wanted to say that I think these ratings are kind of bullshit because Skin of Evil was awesome. Yeah, and I was like, that seems particularly low. Yeah. I was like, that's not reflective of the episode at all. And I was like, now I can't trust any of these. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Um, yeah. Did you also, uh, I think, I think there was something about at the time, the, the earworm stuff coming back from wrath of Khan in conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, they got those ones and that's kind of like the big, the big reveal, right? right? Where it's just like, this is the thing that's going on. But that episode is like, it's, it's tight, man. It's tight. And like the tension is like ramped right up. And you got Picard going around with his smooth, confidence oh man how how do you feel about miles o'brien uh that's that he hasn't come up a lot that's that dude who sometimes like the teleporter right yeah and i think he's in more than just tng yes or or oh yeah oh no he's you'll see way more of him as the show goes on and then and then he's like super in ds9 yeah, he uh, he hasn't been on this, uh, hasn't been featured very much. They show him in the teleporter room sometimes, but uh, that's about it. I'll say, um, like, I think Picard and Data are my favorites, just because it's like, I know those are the obvious ones, but, like, Data's awesome. He's so funny, Jared. Does he have Spot? No. Oh. I don't know what that is. I'm not going to look into it. Good. Uh, but I, I do like Worf. He's a big goofy bastard and I think he's funny. Uh, Riker is good. Riker does this weird thing sometimes where like he kind of, so he kind of has a lazy eye, but I think sometimes he like, he makes this really like playful face with it. Like he's always like, who like a real cute face. And I'm always like, what are you doing Riker? What is that? (laughs) No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad about it or anything. I'm always just like, what's going on with Riker? Oh, an, an interesting point, Jared, while I'm here. There was an episode with Riker where he's in the hollow deck and he's talking to a jazz lady because it's like his thing. He's like, I want to go to jazz. And uh, I know you're a big fan of jazz Riker. I know Oliver Granger is a big fan of jazz Riker. Uh, so jazz Riker is pretty cool. But what I started to think was, I was like, okay, so they use the hollow deck for to do these things where like Picard was in there to like relive this day that he wishes he had with an old girlfriend. And I was just like, this really reminds me of that. Uh, what was it Claire Denis, that Robert Pattinson in space movie? I can't even remember what it's called now, but the one that's all about sperm and like, right. Like, the, the space prison movie. Cause I was like, man, I think when she made that movie, she had watched Star Trek and was like, you know what they would be using the hollow deck for? High life. High life, exactly. I think she watched this and was like, you know what the hollow deck would be for? And it'd be like these people living out like just wretched fantasies, sexual fantasies, Jared. Just horrible stuff. Because it's like, do whatever you feel like. It's the hollow deck. Just and then it would get hosed off when you leave. And that's what that high life movie is about. Just about people in space having like weird simulated sex. It's bizarre, man. It's bizarre. Oh, fuck. I just realized that um, you've already watched the lore episode. Oh, data lore? Yeah. Yeah, that, that episode is uh, really good, too. So uh, you got data, you got lore. And I was like, hmm, I'm a little interested in this now. I did get one thing. Like, I don't think it's a spoiler or anything, but I did see Brent Spiner is in 
the new Star Trek show. Um, was it Discovery that takes place a hundred years or not a hundred, but before the original series as like a real person as a doctor. So I was like, is he going to be, is he just a different guy or is he going to be the guy who makes data? I don't know. I don't know. I, I was surprised that like no one else, like the Android thing isn't as accepted because everyone's like, Oh, an Android. I was like, Oh, you're not there yet that you have an Android. And like, I know the thing is that it's weird that he's on Starfleet, but makes sense. They have so many other technical advancements. I'm just, I'm surprised that they're surprised that they are surprised when they see data. How's, uh, uh, Joe Bob Briggs doing? Joe Bob's pretty good. Uh, so I've watched the first three. Um, what was it? Uh, we had, or the first, yeah, the first three, well, you, right? You yeah. Okay. So Maniac and Heather's was, was that night one or something like that? Or no. Okay. So the first night was chopping mall and blood sucking freaks. Okay. Right. Uh, so I got a trauma movie in on like begrudgingly. Uh, and then, yeah, last week was, uh, or like, the second uh, round was Maniac and Heather's. Yep. Uh, and then this week was uh, Brain Damage and then Deep Red. So I didn't watch Deep Red because I was like, I saw that pretty recently. I was like, if I'm ever going to rewatch it, I'll just rewatch the Joe Bob thing. But that's what I meant. I was like, it's a time commitment. So I was like, I, was like, I could spend the next three hours rewatching Deep Red. But I rewatched Maniac because I was like, yeah, I want to see what's on here. Uh, the maniac episode is awesome because he talks about Joe Spinell at like, it's at the very end after the credits. Uh, so they show the credits and then he's talking about Joe Spinell's life and like all this stuff. I didn't know, like he would, uh, he'd go on these huge benders, uh, and like show up drunk, but then like have like a day where he outacts everybody, even though he was like just completely hammered. And then he would go and like wear a dress to a bar just because he was like, whatever, I don't give a shit. He's like, let's see what people think. Uh, he was a hemophiliac who loved strip clubs huh. and the night he died, he, uh, went home, slipped in the shower and he bled to death. And when the cops came to his apartment, uh, he had the severed head from maniac, uh, on his TV and they thought it was a real head. And then they saw him in the shower and they said, what the hell is going on here? So that one was really cool. Uh, I wrote a bit of a review on Heather's. I thought Heather's was fine. Uh, it's a weird mix. Like there's a couple jokes in there that I think are actually like land still today, not because of like current things, but it's like, that's actually a really good joke. That's really funny. And then there's other jokes where you're like, that's super dated and not as funny anymore. Uh, and then brain damage, uh, Frank can of water, you know, you got that penis alien thing that goes into people's bodies and, it was what it was. Uh, that one, I was like, the movie was fine. And I did like, uh, like I, I just, I like watching for Joe Bob. But I will say one thing is he's not as sharp as he was last year. So I know he's getting a little older, but like uh, I've noticed he's kind of, he's kind of fumbling his words a little bit more than he used to. And like, I'm not saying that as like a critique. It's just like, I hope he's okay. and like that that's all so it's like it's not a critique of the show but like last year he was like he came in he was just like dick snap sharp he's like this is what it is dick snap smart Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so like and then this one he's just he i've just noticed he kind of he fumbles his words a little bit and i was like "Uh oh i was like i hope joe bob's doing okay maybe he's just getting old and he's tired you know that's fine 
So, those are some movies. There you go. I mean, I could I could speak about any of them more if you want, but that's fine. We're good. Yeah, We're talked good. about TNG for a long time. Exactly. Yeah. Got any news for us? I felt like I did. I think I see this every week. I, I go. Jer- Jerry Stiller died. Yeah, that's a bummer. Hey. No. Yeah. Uh, a cartoonist, Richard Sala, he died. Sounds like it might have been suicide, which is uh, a bummer. Yeah. He was a man that was afraid of the outside, and when no one came by to visit him anymore, and probably could potentially have been overwhelmed by this, but that's all speculation, reading mm. between the lines. But very, very uh, nice cartoonist he was. I'll take your word for it. I don't know. No. Uh, yeah, people people dying. People are dying. Uh, movies are a thing. Movies exist. Movies exist in uh, the world. Since last week, I continue to get uh, notifications about like things I might have missed from like Clone Wars shit. Well, you got to tell me, man. Why is why do you think that's happening? I don't know. I, I think I feel like you're responsible in some way. Why? How would I be responsible for that? Where Where are you getting these targeted ads? On Facebook. Well, I, I'm not on your Facebook. You are. Yes, you are. How? You send me things on Messenger. <laughs> where, where you... I, have I ever ever sent you a Star Wars Clone Wars thing on you, Facebook? I think Messenger? you did. You, I think you did to say why, why the fuck <laughs> are people writing about this stuff? And ever since then, I all I get is useless shit. Was it the first time your Facebook ever had something like something? They're like, "Ooh, we can sell him this." <laughs> well, because it, you're... it all goes along the lines of these uh, posts about like, "Hey, here's something that you never thought was important." Like, seven of nine just keeps getting hotter. <laughs> so, it's like I said last week. There, there's all these things doing deep dives into movies, like Kingdom of Heaven directors is his best movie, Ridley Scott's best movie. You're like, all right. And what is the gimp up to in Pulp Fiction? You're like, nobody cares. And then the one I sent Jarrett, it was like, and it was on like a reputable site. It was like sci-fi, and it was just like Seven of Nine just keeps getting hotter. And I was like, ugh. It's like, that's why. And then there was the real reason Tank was killed off in the Matrix. <laughs> like ever since you sent those, I've been getting all this other shit. But they're pictures. They're not even like the links to things. You you don't know how these algorithms work. They can see through. They see the code. I screenshot it and I send it to you. Like so they're going through the screenshot and picking out the information that's important. That tank one I thought was super funny. Oh because God. it's like it's like why why do the characters in like Barry Lyndon die? <laughs> Any of them, you know, like someone dies in that movie, right? No. It's like what what is the rationale behind that? It's like it's just what happens, man. There's don't have to explain it. We know why Tank died. Cipher <laughs> killed him. That's that's it. That's the whole story. Whew. Oh, actually, you know what? <laughs> I uh, I sent a picture of that to Brett. Because uh, he's a huge or a ham meat, he's a huge Matrix guy, and he said he actually went and read into it, and it was there was like a really complicated thing about how Cipher represented like like heteronormative like hierarchies or something <laughs> like that, and then it was like him kind of blowing out minorities or something. I was like, that sounds super complicated. It's like I'm sure that's maybe what what was intended, but I was like, the way I watched it. 
was a bad guy just killed a good guy because yep. he's like he's like you're gonna stop me so I'm gonna kill you. Pretty much. So that's news. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess it's time to talk about our criterion. Oh, what? After the break. I don't fucking know. I appreciate your honesty, and I think it's the best send-off we've ever had. Ticket for an aeroplane Ain't got time to take a fast train Lonely days are gone I'm a-going home My baby just wrote me a letter I don't care how much money I gotta spend Got to get back to my baby Là, vous commencez à m'inquiéter. 
tout à l'heure que vous demandiez à la vie l'apaisement. Ah oui, l'oubli total. Je ne peux pas vous offrir tant que ça. Et quelques heures d'oubli, ça compte tout de même. Taisez-vous. Ah oui ou non, connaissez-vous la personnalité du corbeau And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Le Corbeau from 1943, directed by mm-hmm. Henri-Georges Clouseau. The tagline for the film, RJ. Mm-hmm. One of the most discussed films in the history of French cinema. Is it? This is the first I've heard of it. Rémy Germain is a doctor in a French town who becomes the focus of a vis- vicious smear campaign as letters accusing him of having an affair and performing unlawful abortions are mailed to village leaders. The mysterious writer who signs each letter as Le Corbeau, the Raven, soon targets the whole town, exposing everyone's dark secrets. This allegorical film, Mm -hmm. that's a claim, was highly controversial at the time of its release and was banned in France after the liberation. So, Which liberation? The liberation of France, RJ. Oh, okay. okay. You know, World War Two. Never heard of it. Sounds you're, interesting. Are, are you familiar with the occupation? Uh, I know the occupation Wall Street movement that happened a while ago. What about the Bajoran occupation? The Bjorn? Is that a Star Trek Bajoran? Race? Yeah. Well, it, you'll, you'll see them one day. Oh, kind of like Bjork, eh? Like Bjork. With little ridges on their nose. Sure. So either this movie's title is, uh, in English, The Crow or The Raven. Um, <laughs> no straight answer. No. It could go either way. I mm-hmm. I will. I mean, ravens are a little bit more, like, literary in my mm-hmm. mind. And, I mean, I don't know. I don't see Brandon Lee floating around. I mean, he's floating somewhere. He's floating somewhere in heaven. <laughs> R.I.P. Buddy, uh, he's dead. Um, anyways, so yeah, uh, this is a movie I'd never seen before, and had kind of been on my radar because of uh, Clouseau, the director directing uh, bangers like uh, The Wages of Fear. Mm-hmm. And I had heard about this movie, um, and when I went to go buy a copy, I found out it was out of print because uh, that's mm. how Studio Canal rolls. Mm-hmm. But fortunately for us, at this point in time, uh, this movie is on the Criterion Channel, a viewable for all. Yeah, and I also found it. I don't know if this this is a first since the Criter- Criterion Channel has been around, but uh, I was surprised about that by the uh, Studio Canal bumper before this thing. You get the Criterion thing, and then the Studio Canal bumper comes up right on the channel, and I was just like, oh shit! Remember, so I wasn't uh, expecting that. It showed up saying, "Hey, remember me." Remember me? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, what, do you want to talk about this controversy first? Talk about the movie. Uh, sure. Is it the abortion stuff? No, not even actually. It's the uh, oh no, it's the production stuff. So, oh. so this movie it's a French film uh, that was made okay. uh, during World War II, as it you know uh, France is occupied, and uh, it was produced by Continental Films, a German production company that was established near the beginning of the occupation. And uh, Mm -hmm. because the film, this is reading off of Wikipedia, because the Mm -hmm. film had been perceived by the underground and the communist press as vilifying the French people. 
vilifying uh, the French people. Yeah. Uh, because of this, Clouseau was initially banned for life from directing in France, but after protests only until 1947. The film was suppressed until 1969. Because it, it vilified French people? I guess they just saw it. I mean, it's a, a, a collaborative film. And there's a, there's some issues, uh, as you might imagine, uh, the mm-hmm. French people had of uh, corroboration uh, when it came with working with uh, Z Germans at mm-hmm. this point in time and uh, the, the whole idea of informing and gathering information on your neighbors. And so this view, like f- the French are uh, fairly sh- chauvinistic. And at this point in time, uh, th- there's a German movie being shown in theaters in France. They just, the French people probably didn't go, but they definitely would have gone to support their French films. So this was kind of like uh, contentious for that reason, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You did. Oh, you dig? I, I, I mean, all right. Okay. If you say so. <laughs> so, uh, the, so uh, these are the things like I kind of read before starting to watch this movie. So I was like, kind of, okay, let's see how this uh, plays out. And the movie mm-hmm. starts off with kind of like this fairly lighthearted tone. Like the music's kind of like very upbeat and you're kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, what, what kind of uh, fun are we going to get into this movie, RJ? <laughs> mm-hmm. So we're, the movie kind of, uh, makes the audience do a little bit of its own thinking because it doesn't really explain characters' clear relations to one another. They basically just have characters go unnamed for like, you know, 15 minutes and they're going about talking to one another. And you're kind of like, who's this? Is this a doctor? Is this another doctor? Are are they banging? Are they in a mm. relationship? Oh, they're not in a relationship, but maybe they're banging. And then there's these letters, th- these like really beautifully... Uh, cartoon drawn uh illustrated uh Mm -hmm. lettered letters that Mm -hmm. that are telling me things about these people and they're being addressed to these people very bluntly they're not even asking for anything Mm. there's there's no ransom uh it's just kind of like hey i know i want you to know that i know Mm -hmm. it's like and by the way did you know that this (laughs) dude is doing this shit Mm -hmm. i wish someone told me so a lot of the action takes place really between two locations. There is mm-hmm. the hospital, and then there is the – it's kind of like a schoolhouse, but maybe mm-hmm. like a slightly abandoned schoolhouse where it's like apartments. And yeah. uh, our lead doctor, uh, Remy Germain, he uh, has his office there, but he also has like another – kind of area for i guess patients to sleep mm. i th- I think is what's going on um with the one woman with the uh club foot i i guess who's got uh, the yeah or i'm not club footed she got it in a car accident it's kind of like a school right yeah so there's a school because you can look there's times where they're looking yeah. out the window and they can hear school children but it's like it's on the grounds mm-hmm um, which yeah, is, which I, is curious because uh, Le Dabalik also uh, all yeah. the action takes place at a school. Maybe it was just like easy to film there. Maybe, um, but yeah. So it's like yeah. uh, there's a lot of references to this being like this small village, this small town. But I never get that mm-hmm. sense that it's that small. I mean, they have a big old parade for uh, the the suicide in this. Yeah. I mean, I've seen. I mean, it's not as small as like an Animal Crossing village. 
right or island for that matter so i was like i got that sense too i was like i mean it seems just like a normal town maybe small compared to like a real big city i guess big i guess city, big city living mm. oh yeah 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 so we have uh our, our main our protagonist dr remy germain who even winds mm-hmm. up getting kind of a superhero origin story uh, he does, and and it's explained very explicitly. Very. Let me tell you, expositorily. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Denise, who is the the woman that he um, they 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 call her they call her a whore an awful lot in this movie. And in fact, uh, in the one special feature, Henry George Clouseau calls her. You know, she's a beautiful whore, though. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Can you explain what that means? I'm unfamiliar with the term. Which one? Beautiful? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, just easy on the eyes, RJ. Oh, well, that sounds pleasant. Yeah. So uh, she was a good girl is what you're saying. Well, you know, she's uh, she seems to have taken out, so, you know, her, her, her superhero-ness comes mm-hmm. from uh, that... Uh, people treated her like she was a cripple and then she, I learned how to walk and now I can bang any man I want. It's kind of like your end game almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we have Dr. Um, Michelle Vorzet, who is the Uh-oh. local like psychoanalysis psychiatrist works in the mental ward or something like that. Uh, <laughs> and he, he's kind of a, a strange cat. He has an aloof mm-hmm. manner about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's married to uh, Laura Vorzet, who we you you get this tension between Remy Germain and Laura Vorzet. Mm-hmm. She's the very like um, meek, proper blonde woman that's always kind of between the cracks of this uh, story. Which, as it plays out, there's mm-hmm. it literally is that there is a person who is writing letters to people. Um, accusing people of things that they have, have done that they've confirmed. And it's like, how do they know that? Obviously there's not that many people who know these things, uh, but there's also ones that are making outrageous claims uh, toward uh, one uh, Dr. Germain saying that he is an abortionist, that he is performing abortions. Illegally. Yes. So were they legal? Do you think at the time? I have no idea. Huh. Uh, I think we, we can't look into it, so it don't matter. Yeah. Yeah, so the movie opens up with Jermaine coming out of a house and his hands are just covered in blood and he goes to wash them and it's explained that uh, the woman that he was just tending to, uh, she gave birth, but he was unable mm-hmm. to save the child. But she lives and he mm-hmm. he walks on his merry way. There's some like even like a comment there about how uh, the problem with her that, oh, well, her husband will have to try again to have mm-hmm. a baby with her and she's like well that's going to be difficult because he's not around and you're like hmm <laughs> yeah i mean i i haven't been in that situation myself but i feel like it'd be challenging be, it'd be rough yeah a little bit no. a little bit uh we also have um i believe this is the right the, the name there's a lot of names here Let's see here. Is that Marie Corbin? So we have, so Laura Vorzet, the wife of the doctor, she has a sister who is a nurse, but is she also a nun? Because there's sort of like. Uh, it's implied. Yeah. There's like, because she works at like some sort of um, 
like hospital often nuns did run it but and of course there's this weird double play of like oh that's my sister and mm-hmm. then there's also this implication that uh her sister i think it's marie um had a uh had eyes for uh dr vorzette but laura uh got him and mm-hmm. so she's bitter about this and uh so she's very uh, and she does not seem to care much for uh old dr germain mm-hmm. and you know there's been morphine disappearing given being given out in these doses dosages and he's very curious about what's going on with there and she seems very prying that kind of stuff anyway not a lot of people like her she doesn't have a good mm-hmm. bedside manner all that sort of thing so yeah. and then there's the the little girl uh Roland who mm-hmm. there are some very unsavory things said about Roland in this film uh-huh. uh how she's 14 and a half and she's like a handful so marry her off quick and you're like wait what tomorrow like what i mean that's what i took of it yeah it was kind of like you better get this chick out of here and then there's a but then there's a but then there's another one too like some other creepy line about her there well i mean there's the implication that she's going to be next uh that's one part but there is there is another line too where they're like oh yeah check her out and you're kind of like hmm Weird. She has very uh, unfortunate hair. I mean, I thought it was kind of cool, but, yeah. uh, you know, hair is hair, right? Hair is hair. It grows mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. We get a, a Chekhov's uh, straight razor d- delivered from a, a mother who... Check. You know... Chekhov? Chekhov, you know. Ensign Chekhov? Ensign Chekhov's uh, straight razor. Gets oh yeah, left, gets left with the man who's uh, recovering in the um, mm-hmm. the the hospital with cancer. <laughs> yeah. Did it make you feel uneasy? Like the first thing he does when he opens the blade is he cuts his fingernails with it, because that made me like super nervous. As it should, like, as it should. Ugh. It just seems like there would be. It's one of those things like if you scrape your nails on like cement, like it doesn't feel good. I feel like that's what it would feel like. Or not. I don't know. Yes. So these letters, these poison pen letters, Uh they're they're being distributed willy-nilly. They're appearing in people's mailboxes. Everybody's getting them. Um, People are getting Mm -hmm. nervous because they don't know who to trust. Um, And soon enough, uh, it does lead, of course, to uh, the suicide of Francois, who didn't know he had cancer. Mm -hmm. And then when he finds out, he's like, well, I'm a goner. And he kills yeah. himself. And everyone's like, oh, my God, these letters, they're they are reckless. They're, they're causing people now to kill themselves. We have to find out who this person is. Um, there's a big uh, funeral for mm-hmm. this man. And one of these letters finds its way down into the pathway of the yeah. uh, procession. People are walking past it. It's really, mm-hmm. really well done. Um, people do, no one, everyone's afraid to pick it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they just keep walking and walking and walking. And, um, and there's actually one thing, and this I didn't even think of until, because I found out uh, just this morning that there's actually an American remake of this film. So... Okay, so I actually tried to look into that, but I think because of the confusion between the crow and the raven, there was that, like, I saw that John Cusack thing, but I was like, that looks more like an Edgar Allan Poe thing, like, than anything else. And that was the only thing I could find. Well, it, there's uh, the Otto Preminger film from 1951 called The 13th Letter. 
Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. r- right off Wikipedia, I found that out. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, I thought I looked, but I guess not Not good enough. Um, so in, in, in the film, uh, it's exactly the same movie, just without any of the that artisanal film craft we're all about. Ooh, yep. Mm-hmm. But so the thing that made me go, I'm like, oh, the 13th letter. I'm like, isn't that M? And then, of course, mm-hmm. there's a thing where the uh, Francois, he's in bed 13, and he feels like that's bad luck, and he'd prefer to move, and he's told, that's mm-hmm. silly. And then uh, when he's being taken out of, I don't know if it's the, the hospital or the <clears throat> the um, the mortuary, there's a, there's a bunch of big M's mm-hmm. around. And I'm like, what's up, what's up with that? I, I don't know. It's a curious little touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of curious little touches, I don't know if you noticed this one scene. I think it's a conversation that Jermaine's having with Denise because they're kind of okay. like they're because they're all trying to figure out their relationships with one another, their romantic mm-hmm. entanglements, and uh, what they're going to do, how they feel, how where, where they've gone, where they are, like whether or not Jermaine's going to leave town. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a bit where like Denise is leaving his office and she opens up the door and in the hallway there is an unmistakable like silhouette of like a person with like a fedora just standing Mm -hmm. there and i was like what the hell and there's like not like i don't i didn't notice any other bits like that in the movie but i was just kind of like huh is that just there purely to like amp up the uh the paranoia Mm. (laughs) or like the 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 tension i guess I, I remember that, but uh, I, I forgot about it because I remember watching it and I was like, what's that? And then it never comes back and then it, lo- it left my mind. But right. yeah, that is that is a strange scene if you think about it. Well, yeah, because like for the most part, the movie is like fairly literal in its depiction of things. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it gets, yeah, there's no real stylization. And then there's that and you're like, whoa, what is that? Mm-hmm. But then it's just gone and you're like, oh, that's interesting. It doesn't, cha- it doesn't harm the film or anything like that but i was like that's very peculiar yeah in any case so yeah i mean the movie kind of like winds down into sort of like the who is the right letter writer at one point uh, the uh the sister marie is accused of being the uh the writer the raven mm-hmm. because she's so hateful and so they like they arrest her and because like there's a, there's an angry mob. There's literally an angry mob that wants to tear her apart. They trash her apartment, um, but the, but she is like yeah taken away. And then while she's gone, things quiet down. There's no more letters until there is as it mm-hmm. floats down from the uh, the whatever higher parts of a church. And everyone's like, oh my god, it couldn't be her. So we gotta let her go. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so, and then the movie kind of turns into like, oh, it's her. Wait, it's him. Double, triple psychotes. That's right. Like a 2000s Michael Douglas movie. Michael Douglas or uh, you you remember um, some of them Johnny Dupp, Johnny Dupp films? Uh, jo- Johnny Dupp? <laughs> yeah, he's a cousin of uh, Johnny Depp. Um, he was in what's in uh, Rupert Broccoli and uh, things of that nature. I see. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, they do uh, a few double psych outs, and then they release that lady after they completely trash her house and her life. <laughs> Good it's news. Like, Whoops. <laughs> See you later. See you later. Um. So yeah, all that said and done, that's kind of the gist of this movie. I went in with into this with like not really any expectations other than I liked Clouseau's 
other films. And yeah, I thought this was a very good movie, RJ. Wow. Yeah. Very good, he very says. Very good. Yes. Yeah. No, uh, the uh, stream of this, the Criterion Channel mm-hmm. uh, version of this looks amazing. It looks mm-hmm. so great, especially when you compare it to the uh, interview bit with like, from like the 1970s with a bunch of filmmaker, French filmmakers talking about uh, filmmaking during the occupation. And you see how cruddy this thing looked. Uh, yeah. At that point in time, you watch this, you're like, "Wow, this looks really great." Uh, mm-hmm. Which I'm I'm going to attribute to Criterion rather than Studio Canal, who's not known for their best uh, transfers. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no. So like, I I thought like the storytelling in this was great. I found the I think the thing that I found uh, most pleasing was just how mm-hmm. absolutely cynical <laughs> this whole movie is. Like, yeah, every like there is like man. There's not really anyone to root for in this. Uh, mm-hmm. Jermaine is a cold man, mm-hmm. uh, even with his uh, his his origin story. Yep. Um, everyone's kind of they're all protecting their own stuff, and everyone's everyone's a bad everyone's bad everyone's like doing mm-hmm. the wrong thing. Everyone's uh, running around gossiping, rumoring all all the worst parts of uh, humanity uh, yeah. as far as that goes, and that's just how people are. Mm-hmm. that's that's plain folk but uh yeah I, I thought the mystery worked fairly well it wasn't super obvious who it was they because they kind of play honestly with it uh mm-hmm. like literally if the person who starts talking about this at the beginning they basically say well i mean i even even it could be me <laughs> and uh then it's like oh it plays out that way and you go ah yes that's the one that that is the person that it makes the most sense mm-hmm. um there's like, in fact, the the one scene between the the two doctors, between Vorza and Germain, with the the globe and the mm-hmm. uh, the swinging light, that was really well done. Yeah, where he admits that, uh, where Vorza admits that he is in fact a uh, morphine addict, and he's been the one that's siphoning it off. He's like, ah, it doesn't matter now. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, what, so it's okay if I tell you now. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, every, every, everything's out in the open. Why don't we just talk more openly about these things? Mm. I mean, that's the point of our podcast, isn't it? Yeah. To just be more open with each other. Free and easy. Free and easy, man. Carefree. Yeah, yeah I uh, agree with you on uh, those things that you said. Excellent. Uh, but yeah, no, I've, that's all I've got to say at the moment. RJ, yep. what did you Yo. think of Le Corbeau? Le Corb? Le Corbeau? Uh, yeah. I would say Le Corbeau. Uh, I thought it was pretty good, too. Um so for a lot of the same reasons, uh, I also like how cynical it is uh, because the characters all are kind of shitty. I mean, the one you root for the most almost is the, uh, as they put it, the beautiful whore. Um, <laughs> I think because like she doesn't really like she never really does anything wrong other than she's like I'm sick, <laughs> and they're like you're not sick, shut up, and then uh, you're like oh okay. Jermaine uh, is like I think lovably miserable because he's always like, man, he's just like so stiff. Uh, he's, he's interesting to see for those things. Uh, some of the other characters too, like, uh, the old, old professor, man, the psychiatrist guy, he's like, I think when they introduce him, you're like, okay, he's so flamboyant. He's either the bad guy or he has no connection at all. He, he kind of like has a striking resemblance to like a very decrepit Simon Pegg. I think that's the same. I think it's the right. That's the same doctor. 
Simon Pegg. Yeah, there's one, one of the doctors. I can't remember if it's Doctor Bertrand or Doctor Delorme. Like two of the other doctors. Um, but yeah, like one, one of them. Like I was like, what is this Simon Pegg here? I was, I was. <laughs> is si- Simon Pegg from Star Trek and Shaun of the Dead? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe. I don't. I. I never thought of it. You could be right. Simon Pegg from Star Trek Three. You know. Uh. He could be. I don't know. I never. I never looked. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I find uh, one thing I thought was really funny was the the insane handwriting uh, like procedure that they go through. They're like, all right, we all know, we all agree, someone in here is is guilty, right? And they're like, yes. They're like, the only way we're gonna find it out is if everyone writes stuff out for twelve hours, maybe more. And everyone's like, what? They're like, no way. And then they're like, I don't want to do this. I'm innocent. And it's just like, well, if you're innocent, would you not help the law to find who is guilty? Oh, yeah. And, and then they all get guilted into it. And they're like, fam- do fam- Famous last words. And there's like, well, if you're innocent, you're going to help us. You're, and you're, you're going to show you have that. nothing to be afraid of. You just prove that you're innocent. And then they get subjected to this thing where it's, they're just writing and writing. People are passing out. They're like, ah. And uh, I thought that scene was like, particularly funny because I was just like, that's kind of goofy. Uh, I like the little commune of doctors that they're all like, it's this social club and they're, they have this doctor like hangout and they're like this other guy. What a piece of shit that guy is. And it's like, Oh, this guy is like, Oh, I had him the other day. That guy, not good guy. Uh, there's, there's talk of cuckolding, which I know you're a big uh, fan that, of. That's a, that's a staple of the Criterion Creeps podcast here. Yeah. I mean, in the, in the Criterion collection, I mean, they just keep, it keeps popping up. Just keeps popping up, those Criterion cocks. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, so you get them, you get the townspeople, which I, I've been noticing like a lot of townspeople movies where the, where the people turn very very easily and uh i mean i don't think that's anything new or revolutionary like i mean this movie is pretty old jared uh but i i uh i find it an interesting examination of groupthink and uh, how easily people are kind of swayed into a certain thing and it's just like influenced i should say it's like hey do this and they're like okay we will and it's like all right that's all it took he just had he just needed a little push, like the light bulb that he swings, which is is a very good thing. I also like the scene where he's kind of like, not like monologuing, like like villain monologuing in the like the bank or train station, whatever. Or the bank, I think it is. He's like, it could be this guy, it could be this piece of shit right here. And the guy like hears him talking about it, and he's like, isn't that right, Bill? And and the guy's like, who? He's like, are you talking about me? He's like, just a demonstration. Don't worry about a big, big guy. And then you're like, man, this guy's good at like laying it all out there for you. Uh, I got a lot of screenshots in this movie. Um, And then I think it's kind of like there's a there's this weird, subtle cynicalness. Like there's the upfront stuff, too. But there's this other bit where it's like the girl who's pregnant near the end. And she's like, you know, I um. I threw myself down the stairs, but uh, it didn't really take. So uh, I guess yeah. there's a baby, and you're like, "Whoa!" Because <laughs> she's just like, "Yeah, I tried to, I tried to end it. I threw myself down the mm-hmm. stairs, but uh, it didn't work." So guess what, bud? You and me are gonna do it. No. And you're just like, "Whoa!" <laughs> uh, I liked the uh, cupping scene. I mm-hmm. I got cupping once in oh, China. And, um, I was gonna ask you what your thoughts on cupping were. Uh, I didn't know what it was when I got it. I was just a kid. 
kind of. I was like 18 or 16 or something. I was like copying. I was like, sure, whatever. I'll give it a try. Uh, it like welted. And I was like, I had like a swollen back. I looked like a Ninja Turtle because uh, it was like a shell and it was like really itchy. And I like the aftermath of it. I hated it. So just because it's like itchy and uncomfortable, I was like, I don't know what this was supposed to do. And it's like pulling out impurities or I don't know what. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, when, when I saw it, I was like, "Ooh, you don't see cupping very often. All those I like toxins. how the kid is doing it, too. You got to pull the toxins out, dude. Yeah. All that. All those vacs. You gotta pull them right out. Put it. Put put a cut potato on it. It'll suck stuff right out of you. Um, so that stuff's cool. I do like all the kids, like the schoolhouse things, because it becomes a point. Like what you said, they're doing the parade. No one's gonna pick up that flyer, and then some kids are like, "Fuck, we'll pick it up." <laughs> like, we don't give a shit. Well, when we'll the guy, when the guy's around. looking for his letter, and he's like, "Where did you see? No, I didn't see any note." And then he leaves, and the kids like, "Yeah, I can't read." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to read, but I know that this is important. Um, so I like I like the characters like that that are included because you have those ones. You have the mother of the person who kills himself. Uh, and I think she has like some of the best like images of the movie are just like her and like her veil, like standing around in alleys and stuff. And you're like, ooh, what a spooky kid or spooky lady. Uh, and I, I just realized we, we're totally glossing over one of the like – one of probably the most like I, I know we've said it a, few, a bit, but one of the most cynical things I think I've seen in the Criterion Collection is the inclusion of like a six-year-old girl trying to commit suicide. Oh uh, yeah, because it's like <laughs> she, she throws I herself don't in a pool. Get up! You come. You come. The scene starts with her already being pulled out, and uh, she's like, "Just put me back in," and you're just like, "It's like a little kid." And you're like, this kid wants to die, but not like in the like, oh, I'm so bored. I want to die. It's like this kid is literally actively trying to kill herself. And you're just like, whoa, you're like, that's some pretty dark shit. <laughs> I thought it was at least. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I, I was like, what is this? Uh, so that was interesting. And then, you know, Jermaine, the good guy comes. He's like, what do you want to die for? And, he's, and she's like, well, this happened. And he's like, shut up. Go be a, go be a kid. It doesn't really play out quite like that, but he's like, who gives a shit what these people think? It's like, go be with your papa. Get out of here, kiddo. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, this movie is, uh, it's pretty dark in like some of the ways it kind of plays out, but the big highlight is the the hand drawings, uh, the letters, and how nice those pretty block letters look. Yep. They're weird, pretty neat. There's like weird double letters and that those nice little mm-hmm. drawings of birds. Yeah, well, is it a crow be, or be, a, raven? Be a crow or raven? I don't know. Maybe it's a magpie. Nope, definitely not. You don't know. They didn't try to like thieve or anything. They don't have any white. You're not sure they were stealing the innocence of the village. No, they're, no, they're just causing trouble. Oh, boys will be boys. You know, they were trying to you know get get what they wanted. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's um. Good little flick, Jarrett. Uh, it's pretty dark, I think. Uh, there's, it's like I said, like, I don't know. I think a little kid trying to kill themselves and the ladies throwing themselves downstairs to abort yeah. babies. Because the, uh, oh yeah, there's also like when the, the one woman is paid like 10,000 whatever francs to go yeah. like, hey, I need an abortion really bad. And he's like, no, I don't do that kind of thing. He's like, well, someone paid me to do it. He's like, well, who paid you? Hey, I don't tell. <laughs> 
I'll, I'll, I'll fleece you. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. I recognize you. You're that mm-hmm. brilliant surgeon, that brilliant brain surgeon. Aren't you, are you the st- long lost Steve, brother? Steve, are you Stephen Strange? Are you Steve Gutenberg oh. from the Boys of Bra- Boys from Brazil? That would be a interesting crossover. Do you think Steve Gutenberg will, will ever make it into a Marvel movie? Nope. That's too bad. It is too bad. It's too bad. But yeah, good show. Good show. I uh, want to hear about who disagrees. I mean... Oh, I... actually, before that, though, I should also mention that I did watch uh, the 13th letter. Directed you by did? Aud- I did. Nice. I did How was that? Uh, bad. It's like... <laughs> it's it's just so unforgettable. Like, it's so forgettable. It is set in Quebec. Quebec? Quebec, Canada, in a small town of Hmm. Quebec. Uh, Everyone talks completely American, Mm -hmm. Um, so that's weird. But yeah, this movie, just like coming right off of watching uh, how well made uh, Le Corbeau is, you watch the 13th letter, it's so like, they they take out the abortion stuff, that's just gone. And all it it is is... uh, the, the poison pen letters being written. Um, mm. And it's about like, like causing um, a ruckus with the, the affairs. There's yeah. no, there's no like the luridness is gone. The like the, the driving people. Uh, like, yeah, there is like the suicide still happens, but in the razor and also, Oh, the other thing too, with this movie with Le Corbeau and 13th letter, um, it kind of has the comeuppance of the, the man behind all this mm-hmm. and it's like the same beat, but like one is beautifully shot and like enigmatic and the 13th letter, they're like, Oh, we'll do that. But we're also going to make sure you know that, uh, the doctor and, uh, the right woman get together. Mm-hmm. Uh, to what end though? It's Cause they won't make, they want people to feel good. Hmm. I don't know if that's the point of uh, Lake Orba. No. You is, know what I mean? It is And not. I know you're not talking about that. You're talking about the remake, but it's like, I think the point was to feel bad. Yes. Well, uncertainty at least. Yeah, the, um, yeah. W- w- what do you, what do you think this movie is about? This Lake Orba? Uh, I don't did, know did, about did you, feeling do, bad. Do, do, you, do you get like the sense that it was like, it makes the, like why, uh, the Communist Party and why French people would have been like outraged that this movie existed. It, it paints the, the French in a bad mob kind of way. But I mean, I mean, now you watch it and it. I don't feel like those uh, same like that context to watch it doesn't come across. It feels like there's like yeah. a universal thing. This could happen to any community. It could happen to yours. The viewer. Uh, I was going to say I'm not going to. I'm not going to play my hand too early, but. A movie I just watched recently from Roger Corman, The Intruder, could be taken in the exact same vein, where it's like a village or townspeople that kind of turn against each other, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't know if anyone was protesting The Intruder. Oh, yeah. Maybe they were. I don't know. Well, actually, people just didn't go to that movie. Well, there you go. It was a flop. Yeah. But I mean, I think I think it's a nice little comparison because you could say it's like, yeah, crowds of uh, these village people who are just like, it's like, we're going to do what we think uh, is right here. And, and Bud. The, the, yeah, the whispering, communicating, that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. part of it. Well, who who hates 
this movie. Yeah, 13th Letter, though, stinks. Uh, yeah. Don't watch it. Uh, who hates? First, uh, we've got uh, Axa, who doesn't, who's appeared before, and I believe mm-hmm. is a listener of our show. Oh, my goodness. So, hi, Axa. Hey. Yeah. What's, uh, have I mentioned? Well, we got Naked uh, with, uh, you know, that guy who was uh, in the Harry Potter movies. Criterion movie. Uh, Aguirre, Wrath of God, Holy Mountain, Memories of a Murderer. Seems pretty popular right now, that movie. We got some other good stuff in five stars. We got Come and See, some Evangelion in here, Porco Rosso. I know that's a big film that you're into. And, and Axel wrote Red Letters, not good. Red Letters. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I forgot you didn't even read the thing. No, you just launched right into it. I do, I do that sometimes. Um, Mike Math 3 yep. writes with one and a half stars. Didn't like it. I mean, I think that's... It's fair. They have exactly zero followers. Uh, or they're following zero. Sorry. They have six followers. Excuse me, you guys. Five-star films include Blue Ruin, Goodfellas, The Eager Sanction, and Hot Tub Time Machine. Half-star films include Winter Light, Slime City, Under the Skin, Ghoulies, Natural Born Killers, Cop Out, Return of the Living Dead 2, and Mean Streets by Mr. Martin Scorsese. It's kind of a medley of uh, half-star films in there, Jared, if I've ever seen. Huh. Uh, next up is Frost-like with two mm. stars. Let me tell you, I could not care less. I actually kind of appreciate the bluntness of uh, some the, of these reviews. The, the, they're all blunt. It's just, I don't like it. It's like, okay, <laughs> Sure. And I mean, there's not much to pick out of their, uh, their, their, the movies they do like. If I'm, I, I, I can't, I can't find anything in here, man. This guy's only five star film is The Incredibles. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, and finally, Callum, who I do believe has been on this before, ooh. two stars, painfully dull. Mm. Well, let's let's look at this. I mean, one of their favorite films allegedly is The Night of the Hunter. So you know what I mean, Jarrett. Before trilogy, vanishing. Oh, Midsummer. They gave five stars. Talk about painfully dull. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah, Jarrett. You nerd. Um, any other thoughts? Nah. nah. I, I, I mean, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After the break, I tell RJ he's got the big C. He tops himself. And then, I don't know, the angry mob chases me down and throws me into jail. <laughs> but, I, but I did do it. So, wait. That doesn't work. Oh. You're the bad, you're the bad guy. I'm, I'm the hero of my story. Aren't they all? I'm pretty sure Timothy uh, McVeigh was the hero of his story too. Timothy McVeigh, or what was that guy's name? McVeigh. Yeah, Timothy McVeigh. I was close. You're close. Yeah, I was close. Good. That's that's how I want to send this episode off with a little <laughs> reference to the Oklahoma City bombing. Well, I mean, what else are you going to talk about? Right? People are running out of things to talk about, dude. 
RJ, if you were going to write a poison pen letter, who would you send it to and what would you tell them? It would be to you mm-hmm. and it would just say, you suck. Signed, RJ. Signed, your life partner, Kevin Smith. You can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com mm-hmm. and send us your poison pen sure. letters to us. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We're on YouTube. We're on Patreon. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and maybe even Tumblr. Tumblr. Maybe Tumblr? Who knows? I don't. I don't know. I I think we're on Twitter, right? Uh, we, we haven't had a presence on there, but I'm trying to catch up a little bit. So, uh, I mean, if you had, if you had followed us before and you're like, ah, they don't even tweet on here. I'm trying now. I'll get a few things out there once in a while. You even got like a like from Criterion Collection itself. Uh, from Criterion Channel. Oh, same difference. So they liked something that I I was talking about Brad Dourif at one point, but, uh, there was no follow up. So make that of it as you will very fickle Mm -hmm. next week spine 228 Francesco Rossi's Salvatore Giuliani from 1962 who? Uh, yeah I've never seen this movie before Um, it sounds actually potentially very good though never heard of it bud me neither I literally I don't I just know from when I was reading about it because I knew nothing about it Hmm. it could be a gooder I mean, it could be, but will it? But will it? And then we're like, what, two episodes away from the big two hundo? What's going to happen there? Magic. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Good night. Interesting.